1: Spokiest spookiest time of the year, there are a few guidelines all ghosts and goblins should follow. Always stay on sidewalks. Never go
0: to a stranger's house. And never go out alone.
1: So, come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation.
2: Welcome back, listeners, to the penultimate episode of 31 for 31. It is Halloween weekend Saturday, and we are coming to you today with a party of a film and a party of a guest. We have the Rocky Horror Picture Show episode with special guest, half of those lyric boys from the Lyric Boy podcast. Andrew Stieglitz is here to say, That's the noise meow. I make too. Welcome Andrew. We love your podcast. We are, it is a podcast synergy we're having right now and uh, oh, it's a podcast where you dive into lyrics sometimes farcically, sometimes seriously of some of our favorite artists. So what better movie on this list to have you join than the weirdly lyriced Rocky Horror Picture Show. We're happy to have you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I am uh, very happy to be here. I will say the one the one correction I will have for you on the Lyric Boys is that it's just never serious. Like all of the lyrics we do. <laughs> I tried to we give pick, you the credit. You tried to give me the credit. I don't deserve any of it. Actually, no, I deserve all of it, by the way, because I'm here and Lucian's not. So. Right,
2: right. He has no right to defend him. himself. So he couldn't make it today. So let's roast his ass alive. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah, basically, uh, I'm happy to be here. And uh, thank you for having me.
2: Yeah, I think uh, your expertise will be very, uh, very needed for a wild ride of of pretty bonkers lyrics in this one. But, you know, I think outside of uh, of that element of it, you know, this is a quintessential Halloween movie. I don't think we're going to have to spend too much time arguing for its place on this list in general. But I think our our spot right before the thirty first for Rocky Horror is queuing up into what Chris was describing a lot yesterday around this being the party time, right? We're we're throwing in all the bangers, all the heaters. This is this is you know the the Saturday Halloween party night, and this is just an absolute party of a movie. So, but Andrew Stieglitz is in here every day. If you haven't been listening to the last twenty nine episodes. You're listening to the voice of Cody Mason. I'll be leading this episode along with
3: my pals.
1: Someone who interrupts Jamie Lansdowne way too much, Chris Boniello. Uh,
3: someone that does and not- And who are
1: you? Who? Who?
3: <laughs> someone you that interrupted introduction. <laughs> someone that does not mind being interrupted for the sake of discussion of horror movies, Jamie Lansdowne. Well, I
2: was gonna—I was gonna apologize tomorrow, Jamie. But I think uh, you know we'll—we'll we'll put in a pre-apology for, <laughs>
3: for listening to some of these. No episodes, apologies, just how much
2: you know. You're just such a gentle soul, and we
3: take advantage because we're. Monsters, I'm weak. But. I'm weak-willed, and I let you—I you guys steamroll over me. It's okay. <laughs> you're the so, brand you know, Majors of this. I'm podcast. a doormat. I'm a doormat. Yeah.
2: All right. <laughs> well, on to stuff. Rocky Horror because I'm not gonna let Jamie talk for too long. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think a good context for this one, of course, is just it's a cult film. It's the cult film, I would argue, of American cult film. It's it's obviously best kind of known through its relationship with live performances. It is the movie that you kind of act along to or go to theaters where people know the words and people get dressed up. And most often you see there's kind of this interaction of there being a second script to this movie that people shout out in relationship to this movie that's kind of reverential, kind of almost making fun of the movie. But it has grown to be like almost part of the film itself. Like you can watch commentaries that have it going on as you go and you should be if you see this in a theater, you should expect when Dr. Frankenfurter says a toast for toast to be thrown at the screen. Very much a standard operating procedure of watching this movie. So watching it alone on a on a Tuesday feels kind of awkward. But watching this Saturday <laughs> with the party atmosphere matches a little bit more of the energy that it's trying to project.
3: Well, I'll say, I mean, yes, like you said, this is a cult classic extravaganza. I've unfortunately, I've never actually seen it in its proper format of like a midnight screening, we're dressing up. I've only ever seen it with like a group of people. I think it was in high school when I I first watched it. It's been a long time since I've seen it. So it was fun to watch it again. I think particularly, particularly on the 30th, it fits in really, really well because it's just an explosion of fun, which I think At the heart of it, Halloween is all about having fun. So it was a lot of fun to revisit this one. And yeah, I'm excited to see Andrew's you know deep dive lyrical analysis Expertise. <laughs> you know, these these uh, lyrics sweet How transvestite i i i want like the full on package of what's going on. i want Rap you to have the genius. full unpacking of those lyrics you know what i mean
0: well I, these lyrics along with the movie and we'll get into them later but are just fucking bonkers the whole thing is bonkers it's insane it's so fun it's so it's so like halfway through i'm just like what the fuck is happening here love it and also i it's just like there's a lot. There's a lot going on. And and we're gonna get into it. Chris and
3: Andrew, when was the first time you guys
1: saw this movie? I'll say similar to you. I've only seen it in friend groups, saw it, you know, in high school, and then like I had friends' parents who really liked it and would do like screenings of it and little parties of it and watching it in high school and trying to figure out what's going on and then getting dressed up. But I, I haven't done a proper midnight screening ever, and I don't know why I haven't, as someone who's Lived in Brooklyn for over a decade. It's like, I feel like there's one a week you could find somewhere. I should have done this by now. And now I'm frantically searching for one for like <laughs> tomorrow and trying to make sure I know all of the callbacks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's a lot of research to do. Steagues, when did you watch this first?
0: Yeah. Same like high school, probably with friends. And I, I honestly, to be totally honest, I don't even remember watching the whole thing ever. Like I feel like uh, in my memory, there's hazy bits and pieces of it floating around in my head, and then, uh, like watch I so I I feel like I properly watched it for the first time last week, and I was just like, oh, I this is this is what this is like I must have not seen the whole thing because I was surprised at at some of it.
2: Yeah, it's it's a lot of standout moments yeah. that really start to resonate or imagery, but then the actual narrative flow can surprise you if you haven't seen it in a while. Like, oh, that's actually kind of (laughs) sad, but...
1: Yeah, I forgot about the aliens, too.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think I was similar. High school, somebody told me to dress up as uh, Brad Majors, which I thought, you know, wow, that's a little bit of a fucking burn. But, uh, (laughs) you know, I, I... just remembered kind of the embarrassment of being kind of the virgins that get offered up at the beginning of it, you know, the people haven't seen it and kind of the participatory nature of it. But I think my dad, too, likes this movie a lot, which, you know, he's just he's not super alt, you know, but he is kind of a B-movie fan and an alternative movie fan. But I think that's probably not even why he likes this movie this much. The main reason he likes this movie is because the paper that the characters used to guard themselves from the rain in this movie is the Cleveland Flame dealer. And he just <laughs> likes that fact. And anytime he was out of state, you know, he would be like, Oh, I could bring, you know, my Cleveland brain dealer to any showing of this movie. And I would immediately be seen as the biggest Rocky horror <laughs> fan ever. Cause like, Oh, such down a to deep that cut. Reference, detail, Easter right? egg. Yeah. So I think hilarious. of that every time, but that scene has one of my favorite favorite lyrics to Andrew's point about how bonkers these lyrics are when riffraff is like watching them come in from the rain. And I'll explain the whole setup of this movie in a second, but we're just getting ahead of ourselves that, you know, it's just like a beautiful sounding thing. It sounds like a beautiful thing in in any other Broadway musical, but like a lot of these lyrics just are either ungraspable or just like <sighs> purposefully nonsensical, in relation to the plot or anything that's being discussed, and like my favorite bit is like just for memory, it, and I'm holding you know watch my eyes. I'm not reading this. It's darkness must flow down the river of night, streaming. Flow Morpheus slow. Let the sun and light come streaming into my life, into my life. Which sounds like he's like letting something, but for that character means nothing like does not really enter?
3: like i mean it could be you know? yeah
2: like you know it's like you know it's like almost like somebody letting love into their life it's like this character no he's just kind of pissed off and that actually kills everyone at the end like that doesn't yeah this is back. back
3: I- igor-like character who right who's was was played by like richard o'brien
2: <laughs> yeah who's the he's the guy who wrote the the music and and kind of is the You know, the one who made this whole thing happen on the L.A. stage and West End stage and then eventually made it the picture show. You know, so we like him. But
0: wow, weird stuff. Um, The music, it also has that thing where the lyrics, if you just listen to the music without listening to the lyrics, you're like, oh, my God, this is a party. This music is amazing. It's so fun that like old school kind of rock and roll, like 70s vibe of just like we're going to party all night. And then you read the lyrics and you're like, wow, this is so dark. Some of it. Yeah.
2: It's a lot like Meatloaf. Meatloaf is very well placed in here. I'm just like, oh, this is like Paradise to the Dashboard Light, where this is like very fun. And, you know, whatever happened to to rock and roll. But then like, oh, my God, it's the darkest song I've ever. Heard in the yeah. Entire life. Um, this movie is very progressive, you know, like and, it, you know, people make it out to be you know something that is kind of shorthand of like oh if we want there to be like a high school character that's you know dealing with identity or something like maybe they'll go to a rocky horror like that's like perks of being a wallflower perfect example of like shorthand there's a gay character right but i think especially in the context where it's made like the whole plot of this movie is about two waspy white betrothed people getting a flat and getting kind of this as I like to say, peek behind the veil into something different, uh, and an allegory about kind of accepting yourself and kind of like parasexuality and, and very cutting edge at the time, continues to kind of be cutting edge, maybe less so now, but more, you know, celebrated now than just kind of gawked at now. That makes sense. But but yeah, the whole movie is about them going through this very typical old Frankenstein's monster's castle kind of trapped in the evil layer plots, but ends especially with a lot of messages about acting out your own Fey Ray <laughs> moments of, of, of coming more comfortable with your skin, kind of getting outside of societal expectation. And I think it's a very lovely movie in that sense. and makes the ending very sad. I'm like so sad every time I watch this ending, but, um, but we'll get there. But I think, uh, yeah, it, that's why some people who kind of belittle it is just kind of like it's it's just wild you know and like it's just something to watch it's like once you deep dive a little bit more you stay till the end especially you know like there's a lot being said in this movie that makes it more than just kind of like isn't it funny that Tim Curry's in a corset it's like no, no you know not really it's a not yet, it's got
3: layers and I mean speaking of Tim Curry, I mean, I could spend all my time on this episode just talking about how awesome he is in this role. Like, I mean, Tim Curry is a fucking legend. It's so sad that he he suffered a stroke and he like, has, has, he can't really act anymore. But he, Or he can voice act, but he can't dance around on stage anymore and do all the things that he loves. But man, is he so good in this movie. And this was like his first like real role. Like this is yeah. kind of like his breakout role.
2: He had the stage credit, but then he like, Did this as his first, like, oh yeah, I'll I'll come in and do a casual screen performance. (laughs) Meanwhile, like, melt the celluloid with how much energy he's bringing.
0: White hot. Yeah, I could watch him in that role, like, for 24 hours on a loop. Like, that's how entertaining he is.
2: And he has such a good voice. He's doing, like, a Queen Elizabeth kind of on the ground. Take yes. a pound, you know, very pinky up voice that he described as his mother's phone voice, which I always thought was very funny. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like he's the glue that connects all of these kind of hodgepodge, you know, riff raffy characters or, you know, weird maids and all these things that are meatloaf coming in on a, on a, as a biker. Like he is so much the, you know, lighthouse beacon of what this movie is that unites everything together. The Frankenfurter character is one of those characters that just excels well beyond, you know, I, I, one of those things where, again, like some people think of Pinhead and and these kind of things, and then you watch it again and you're like, Oh, Pinhead isn't in it as much as I thought, like Frankenfurter is in this a lot, but again, it's more so through the lens of like Brad and Janet than people might think. Uh, But he really, you know, anytime he's in there, no notes like it's just like yeah. you're you're absolutely captivated by anything he's
3: doing he's the uh he's the sam you know to <laughs> to, to you know to call it back to, to chris's favorite the, movie. The to chris's tissue. favorite movie he's the sam he's the connective tissue for all this except he's more of a main character more of a speaking role uh less <laughs> yeah, of yeah. a his stab less of a stab well he does stab a few people
1: um, yeah and i'd for, i'd forgotten about his entrance kind of it had been so long and just coming down that elevator and the the camera pushes up and you get susan sarandon as janet fainting and then (laughs) his reveal taking off that big kind of cape trench coat i don't know duster thing it's all black it's just it's pretty amazing it's it still hits and that's
2: your favorite song in this right jamie that's that's your pick
3: if we're gonna go favorite songs sweet transvestite yeah it's my favorite um i think it's just like yeah it's a jazzy very catchy tune the music in this i guess it's it's all about like it's there's certain musicals where i can listen to the music outside of the film but this one i think is so tied to it that like i'm not as like familiar with the lyrics as i would be maybe other musicals i think
2: you gotta watch this with his like sweet transvestite to jamie's point like if you don't see him strutting out and and kind of revealing the outfit, like it's a disservice to the entire, you know, pageantry of the thing, yeah. right? Like I think over at the Frankenstein place, which I'm the only fan of in the world, like yes, <laughs> plays like a Broadway song where people are just kind of standing and singing and it sounds like a Broadway song. But most of this, whether of course the time warp or, you know, even going into like Rose Tint My World and the more ending songs, like, it really is tied to the imagery so much more than something that you could just kind of like, I've, I've considered always buying this on vinyl and I'm like, no, I'd much rather just put the movie on and put it on blast. You know? Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I really like Rose tint My World to go into that one, but it's, it is one that really works with the screen. You get the full reveal of everyone in their corset and, and uh, stockings. And it just, it hits so hard. And it's, it's one of those fun moments of multiple reprises from throughout earlier in the show that, it's kind of a thing that only happens in musicals or broadways or taping of this. It it it's hard to make this exist in some other function of art, and it it just works so well. It gets you excited to know you're going into the conclusion, and it it's just a big banger coming in at the end there with everyone <laughs> full kitted out.
2: Oh,
3: Racketti. If, mean, oh, uh, if anyone no one dares, if anyone dares. If anyone dares to do one of these on karaoke, you better go full 110% performance, like jumping off the walls.
1: Yeah, if you're going to do one of these in karaoke or something like this. You have to have been prepared and you need an outfit and you need yeah, to you need have to a jacket. Yeah, you
3: need to take off like a polo like, and yeah. there needs
2: to be a corset. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. You,
1: don't, you don't just get to step into this for fun. This You need to have plans.
3: Yeah, you roll up your sweatpants and there are fishnet stockings that no one knew you were wearing before.
0: You better close out the karaoke bar. Like that's going to be the last song of the night. If you're going up there and you're doing Sweet Transvestite and you're revealing that you were wearing a corset the entire time you were working and now it's 645 on a Friday <laughs> and you were just waiting for all your coworkers to see that. That's it. Bars closed. End of the night. Yeah, your yeah.
2: relationship with those people is either ended or begun. And if it's ended, oh, it's we begun. don't want to talk yeah. to them anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know? like, yeah. If there's behind.
1: if there's still people there drinking or their night continued on, you have to perform and drop that mic and walk right out as you're finishing the song. And <laughs> yeah. You can't see. <laughs> don't those even people look at it. Like Just three or four fog days. Yeah, yeah. you have yeah. to totally. <laughs> and you can't you can't want that attention or that hunger you need to walk right out there and just know that that moment is still living inside that room and no one has any idea what just happened. <laughs>
2: yeah well i think we got to you know do kind of the explanation of like what the hell even happens in this movie i think it's always <laughs> our fun you know dissection and i think i can very quickly review it in three parts and you know the ending i think would be my favorite you know the middle you know obviously has kind of the Unzipping and pulling it out. <laughs> I'm just kind of like, this is what this movie is. it's like, whoa, Marky Mark at the end, of, you know. But um, <laughs> cut that or double it. I don't know if that, uh, if that, uh, you know. That if I've like seen marks.
1: Marky Marks, it's double. Yeah,
2: it's it's tripled. But I think the, the the main story is just kind of like I said, you know, the newlyweds who are kind of coming into the haunted house. The second part is realizing that. You know, there is a man making a Frankenstein's monster who just so happens to have a bunch of people from what's called transsexual Transylvania that are in for a conference, I suppose, slash dance party. And he created a a hunky man named Rocky Horror. And that's just kind of what's going on. And you realize that he's a little bit murderous. Then just a little bit. The last third, just, you know, everybody gets one. And then the last third is about how all of them actually were from transsexual Transylvania, meaning the galaxy transsexual and the planet Transylvania. (laughs) And they're aliens and Rocky's gone too far with this alternative lifestyle, so he must be killed and, and they blast off the entire castle into space. So that's wild, but it allows for... What I want to come back to with Chris is Rose Tipped My World just being like such a thesis statement for what this movie is actually about, whether or not any of the plot is about it, which is just kind of like a beautiful monologue uh, that's kind of like kinky boots, where it's just kind of like I saw a woman who looked beautiful and I wanted to look like that and I cried. But then I realized yeah. I could look like that. So don't dream it. Be it. You know, so it's this very affirming, you know pro-identity, pro-gay, pro pro pretty much anything that would have been seen as alternative in 1975 message. That's so sweet and then so sad because then Frankenfurter is absolutely petrified for his life and gets shot to death right after that, which is just like, honestly, kind of silly, but in that context always just makes me like want to watch it again and be like, maybe he'll climb up that RKO, uh, you know, tower gonna fast get enough this time. I don't
3: know, but
1: you know, he didn't learn from King Kong.
3: I think it's certainly like a reference to King Kong. And even the fact that his character is presented as almost like the villain throughout the, at the kind of the onset in a sense, like, you're, or you're kind of like thinking that he is the bad guy, like he is the antagonist that needs to be overcome in some sense.
2: Well, yeah, I agree, Jamie. It's kinda like he's he's that sympathetic right at the end enemy, you know. It was beauty enemy that killed something. the beast, you know. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was Rocky and Rocky and uh, Frankenfurter.
1: <laughs> I mean, one of these one of these times he's gotta get behind Rocky because Rocky can deflect those lasers. For a but time can't slam. for a time. Up. Yeah, yeah. Yes, what, cancer. Whatever we're dealing with there. Or movie like,
3: death. He just kind of falls into the pool of guys. Right. It's so, a like. classic.
2: But yeah, I think to get too into the weeds of, oh, you know, maybe they eat eat meatloaf for real, you know, or <laughs> there's a biker segment and an axe killer segment and a time warp dance number that you should probably know about by now, like kind of diminishes the the glory, glorious whole of this movie as an experience that's just kind of washing over you. So whole is greater than sum of its parts, but I think the sum of its parts are more well known. So that's the challenge of kind of getting people to really engage with this, especially in a party setting where everybody's kind of, Letting it wash over them together and they can kind of identify or even dress up or or participate with the screen like that's what we're hoping you can do with this one today.
1: Yeah, I, I need to find I need to find somewhere like I think Alamo would be too intense. I need to find some like introduction to Rocky Horror Live for, you know. Virgins who haven't been to the theatrical experience to know all the callbacks. I need an intro course. I think we're, yeah. we're ripe for that now. It's yeah. been going on so long. People are so diehard. I would be afraid to not have enough toast or rice or know <laughs> what I'm doing. You and, need to, like an IFC just center get, has a good. Yeah. Behind. I would get way too drunk and, and say my own things and mess things up and being a straight white bearded guy from Brooklyn. <laughs> like it's, I'm going <laughs> to well, be the, the worst person. That I want to
2: address about the fandom is like, The fandom is a little toxic and like those lines I think are due for a refresh where like some of them are funny and like every time somebody says Brad, they say asshole. Anytime they say Janet, they say slut. It's like, okay, we're all kind of in on it. But a lot of it is like kind of almost edging even on homophobic. And I think some parts of it are like kind of not understanding the intentionality of the movie being so camp sometimes. So like, I don't know it's it's weird i don't know how that developed over time it's like an you know it's like a you know oral
3: tradition well to go back to meatloaf it's like people watching fight club and taking it in the totally wrong direction right right oh my god i don't know enough
2: about the origin of that to say with authority like oh it needs a refresh but like some of that's a little uncomfortable but i i think ultimately like you just kind of have to lean into it it's like oh it's it's just you're saying the lines like you're not actually like mean spirited about any of it. Anybody who's going in 2021 isn't going and be like Rocky Horror, what a fucking dumb movie. It's like no, there's inherent love there. <laughs> yeah, um, so I will take all of you next opportunity. And I and have that too.
0: On that same on that same point where like the meaning of the movie gets lost to the fandom, like for example, uh, I feel like Goodfellas is a movie like that where like especially I grew up with like a lot of like Italian people who are just like Give very us the proud. Long island of it all here, dude. Yeah. And then and people will be like, yeah, those those are the guys who you want to be like. And I'm like, you are. Have you watched they the movie? Do you die. know what the movie is? <laughs> You're not supposed to be like, like you missed the whole point of it. Yeah. And that's why the
2: Irishman is so important for those kids to be like, <laughs> oh yeah, finally after a whole career, Scorsese is like, by the way, do not recommend. Like, yeah. You will yeah. And then, and then all, all of
1: my, all my uncles after watching the Irishman, they're like, Chris, you're into the movies. What do you think? I was like, it was a fucking stone cold masterpiece. I saw it in the theater. I sat there the whole time, never took one piss. <laughs> they're like, mm, I don't think it's as good as Goodfellas. I don't. And I'm like,
2: Ugh, yeah, <laughs> fine. Well, it, it it it's underlined and highlighting the uh
1: don't do this. And speaking of, of it dying like it. at the end in, in a body of water at Scarface, people are like that's the movie. I got to have that poster. I like, want to be Jay the...
0: Gatsby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: We're in a time warp right now. <laughs> yeah, where the fuck did we just go?
2: Yeah, well, I'll take it back to uh, Transylvania here, which is an even so weirder place like that, than where were. Sorry, I feel like that's my fault. That was my fault there. Hey, that's what the Lyric boys <laughs> do. They, they mm-hmm. take it off the rails. That's the promise. But I think the the best parts to kind of dissect this movie is probably through you know, each of us picking our character dress up before we talk about some of our favorite lyrics here. So I will probably go first and I will fall on my sword because I've done it already. It's kind of like me dressing up as Neville for Harry Potter as a kid, like somebody's (laughs) got to do it. I have dressed up routinely as Brad Majors for this movie. He's my favorite character. He has my favorite line of the movie. Uh, and he's someone that has a glasses, and I can shave my beard and just be a white guy who says put her there and talks about you know just white people things, I guess. So, Cody, uh, I
0: could see you go- leaning into that, like in reality, like if you oh. wanted that, and that that's not. And no offense to you, I think that that's if you want to do that, that's great. But I can see you- it's like
2: '90s dad energy, you know, like he would grow up to be a '90s dad, you know, Barry Boswick. So it's like. Thank you for that, Stieglitz. I I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, like I could definitely, I come out with the, you're a hot dog. You know, like I
0: I could, I can hit him with that all day. You got
3: big Barry Boswick energy. I see it.
0: Yeah. Well, it's also very dad. You have to admit, it's a very dad thing to, uh, like, when your dad says that the Cleveland newspaper, he like loves that the Cleveland newspaper is featured in the movie. Like, I feel like that's a very dad thing to just be like, son. There's our town, huh? Yeah. Now <laughs> yeah, let's that's watch some
2: let's watch some men who dress like broads. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my Long Island. I don't know. That's not that's but, a, but, uh, men who dress like broads. That's <laughs> what what are you Island. guys doing? And it, you you don't feel like you can, you know, go high, go low. You don't, you know, if anybody comes in here saying Frankenfurter, no judgment, you know, like that you're taking the spotlight. So, you know, what do you think for your, you know, you, you've got the full costume. Uh, costume shop to yourself. You can take anything. Who you come in as? Hmm. I will cast
3: you. Otherwise,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I will I gotta, cast I'm myself. Gonna, I gotta take a look at some of these people. i <laughs> right, I'm to gonna cast
3: line. you right now. <laughs> I'm no, I'm gonna go as Columbia uh, because nice. I would love to wear a gold sequined tuxedo tap number. Tap you know. number. That that sounds fun. That sounds like a fun wear. Uh, I don't think I have the confidence, sadly, to wear Doctor Frankenfurter. I am no Tim Curry. I don't have the
2: deep. He has such a good ranged voice. I'm like, don't make it. Like, I can't go like that rock and roll. Yeah. If I had to actually perform this, so
3: I can't. Maybe yeah, not. I can't sing. I can't. I can barely dance. <laughs> uh, I'm hardly
2: even alive. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I th- I have my guesses for Chris and Andrew, but let's see if they match what I'm thinking.
0: I want to hear what's what's your guess. No,
2: I get you. Got to go first. I can't indulge. All right. Let's go
0: first. All right. I would love to wear the gold Speedo and just be Rocky Hard. I would love to have okay. that confidence. However, I don't have it. So okay. uh, more my speed, more my style, more my stees, if you will, would be uh, Eddie Meatloaf's character. Oh, Because okay. he's got okay. the leather jacket. He's riding it on a motorcycle. He's talking about partying and being the cool guy. He's got and- a saxophone. He's got a saxophone, and I we did play the saxophone in sax, high school, yeah. and I did not like to play it, but I played it. Uh, but go. if I were dressing up as Eddie, I would love it because it would complement my leather jacket.
2: Perfect, Chris. You you know you're the last kid to the Pokemon Center here. Venusaur's <laughs> taken, you know Bulbasaur. I mean, you know, might be left with a little Pikachu.
1: It's tough. I I'm trying to decide right now. I was I thought Steve you know, was going to
2: say riffraff. I thought he could own I was thinking that energy about it. But, and maybe Chris would be Eddie, but I, I don't know. You know, let's let's see.
1: You know, I was thinking I would need a good riffraff because I'd probably try to rock magenta.
2: Oh, okay. Okay. You, you okay. The hair. There you we go. The hair. Okay.
1: I like the hair. I, I recently did share for Halloween and, and I'm just feeling that energy and feeling like I'd want to keep that. You know, I, something about having that long hair just really got to me. I think it's because I'm losing my own hair and it was exciting. So you've also got a for good that. Freddie
3: Mercury, well, a fantastic Freddie Mercury. So you're you're knocking down the musical icons.
1: Yeah. Freddie Mercury. <laughs> the,
2: right funny. up there on the Mount Rushmore music. <laughs> Freddie Mercury, Elvis Presley, magenta. <laughs> magenta. <laughs> All right. I think that's performed uh, in Rocky Horror. That's good to know. Maybe we'll, we'll make something happen. Uh, recording this in October, but not quite the weekend. So I I this is an exclusive. I think the night that this comes out, my wife and I may be doing a little Brad and Janet number. So we'll we'll, we'll let you know if that materializes mm-hmm. a little bit. But uh, could be good. Could be good. You know, drop a little hints, drop a little break notes. <laughs> but all right. Well, I think, you know, we, we've got somebody on this podcast for a reason. Right. We've got some we've got some absolute heaters of lines in this one. You know, we've got hot dog <laughs> is, is hot dog and slow morphia. You know, that's the two ends of the sophistication spectrum of the lyrics of this movie. But it's got everything in between. And uh, Stiegs, I know you took some, you know, some very intellectual notes like you do as a lyric mm. boy, about some of your favorite lines of this movie. And we'd love to hear you kind of kind of reflect with us on on what some of those would be.
0: Well, let me say, uh, before I read some of the lyrics that I have here, I will, I will say that in being on this podcast now and listening to a couple of episodes, I listened to a couple uh, in preparation, I realized that what I thought of, I knew about movies, and I was like, yeah, you know, like, I know how to watch movies. I don't, because the way you guys talk about movies, I'm just like, oh, they know so much more than me. Like, they are <laughs> educated film watchers. And it's going to come through very, very obviously when I read my lyrics and I give you my. Well, thank um, you
2: for reading the teleprompter we provided you about complimenting us. Yes. Thank you for saying that and not they have no. Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm surprised you even set up the teleprompter. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, Well, you guys uh, held a gun to my head. Gun to his head. (laughs) You did very well
2: complimenting us. Thank you. But I. I, uh,
0: I'm terrified for my life right now.
2: What what do you got? What do you got? What are your. your All right. So
0: here we go. Well you wanna you wanna get into like a specific song. I can give you a couple of songs I picked. I can give you some Yeah, well, r- what do you want? What do you want? From this me? is All right, right.
2: off the record, off the record. Get let's hit like three maybe that we haven't talked about yet.
0: Okay, well I'll tell you what. The movie is we have established, is it's important, okay? And it uh it's very meaningful, I think, to a, a lot of people, especially in this day and age, um, and it holds up very well. What I'm going to do here is not address any of that, as I usually Perfect. do. Perfect. And I'm um, just going to make just stupid comments, as I'm <laughs> known to do. So here we go. We, we, let we, me, you know,
2: we, we let me read you, you a reason.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. You hired me. Thank you for the paycheck. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, expecting yeah. that.
2: We'll be vendowing you $3. <laughs> that's,
0: that's more than I make. Uh, that's more day, than so. you've ever
2: made on the pod. There you go.
0: Yeah. So uh, let's talk about, we talked about Rose Tint My World, right? Great song. There are some interesting lyrics in that song. And one lyric that stood out to me, uh, I believe is delivered by Rocky himself. Um, it's one of the first lines I think he has in the movie, basically saying, explaining who he is. All right, And he says, I am just seven hours old, truly beautiful to behold. And somebody should be told, my libido hasn't been controlled. Now, the only thing I've come to trust is an orgasmic rush of lust. You know, these are fantastic. that's why
2: you want to dress up,
0: Anthony. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. This guy is a war- walking orgasm. Like, this <sighs> guy is just a fucking sex machine, all he's right? A and fucking, he's seven hours old. <laughs> all he knows how to do. The first thing he says is that all he knows how to do is fuck. Like he's just been, he's been born for seven hours and he's looking to fuck already. He was and like, made listen
2: in a lab to love.
0: Listen, he, yes, listen, ladies, come on. Am I right? He's
2: <laughs> a good looking guy. You know, it still holds up to. to I his, just, I love uh, that standards.
0: vibe. It's, it's almost like uh, a poetic. Around. It's like a poetic version of like sort of a braggadocious hip hop lyric where you're just like, I'm a sex machine. But he's like, I don't know how to do anything else. And that's great, I love that. It's voice. almost that's like a, he's
2: negging that. himself, but it's coming across as a break. He's like, I, I'm oh, seven yeah. hours old, I, I know how to fuck. It's
3: that's all like, I know a, how to do. I, I don't know. It's like my dick's so big, it drags across the floor, <laughs> you know?
2: <laughs> Michael Fassbender energy on us, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good one to to laser in on, because you know, he. He doesn't live until eight hours. Like he, he, he makes it like a full third of a day before. He's, he's like a fly. Kinda,
0: yeah, like it's he's beautiful- born, he reproduces, and then he dies. <laughs> later <laughs> later. That's basically we don't know what that. his life. We don't was know intended.
2: that. We don't know his business. You know. All right, that's a great, great
3: choice. That's a great one. What's the
2: next one?
0: Uh the next one is uh from the sword of Damocles. Is that man, you you're
2: said? hitting Rockies here. You're. you're yeah. It's
0: a rocky road with you right now. Well, uh, it's just he has some of the most entertaining lines. And he, um,
2: he he gravitates to you. You see yourself in this man.
0: I don't. I wish I saw myself in <laughs> That's the difference. <laughs> the difference is like that's what I could be if I put any effort into wanting Those are to twenty out. those are twenty
2: twenty-two goals. But uh yeah, I Ooh. Sword of Damocles is great. Like first man's coming across like an imbecile and the first thing he says is Sword of Damocles is hanging on over my head. I'm like, damn, okay, he's got he's got Greek myth facts.
0: Well, I picked out two lines in particular that have nothing to do with anything. uh, Just because they were funny when you listen to them on their own. And it's, I woke up this morning with a start when I fell out of bed. And in parentheses, you hear a chorus behind him say, that ain't no crime. And then, and left from my dream, it was a feeling of unnameable dread. And then the chorus comes in again and says, that ain't no crime. And I just love how he's... Of all the shenanigans that goes on in this movie, the, he had to clarify that waking up, falling out of bed was not a crime. And you know what? I'm glad that he did that because it's it's nice to hear that he's trying to reconcile a little bit with, with some of the crimes. I mean, he's a murderer, right? This is, I believe this is uh, Dr. Frankenfurter saying, singing this.
2: It's true. It's true. I think so, I so, Dan Cleese is actually Roman, so I'd like to make a formal apology to uh, all of the... All of the people listening who are classics majors, all three of you. So, uh, but yeah, I think that you know, speaking of Roman law, you know, this guy's got he's got a good head on his shoulders. You know, he knows what's right and wrong, and he's telling you, like, hey, there's a lot of be- there's a lot of funny business going on, but I'm not really a part of it. I'm just here. I'm just here to look good. Now sure. <laughs> listen, I may
0: wake up and fall out of bed, but it's not a crime, am I right, it's guys? Not a crime, I'm not a, mom. You know, <laughs> I may have murdered get somebody amen? too, but it's not a crime. Okay. By the way, I was shocked when he just started killing meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if yeah. we give spoilers on this podcast, but oh, yeah, you guys we, oh, like
2: yeah. we, we eat the loaf.
0: It's that it's it was at that moment when I was like, "Oh, I guess I haven't seen this whole thing because I really yeah. did not expect him to just start like they were having a good time singing along, and, this and then is he just started Doctor
2: Frank and Furter, by the way. Yes,
0: he is. just starts hacking away at meatloaf, like brutally murdering him, slicing. He like, 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 wow, that was oh, like, that's
2: my question. That's my
0: question. Yeah, it was like, for like an the axe let out of left field. They,
2: they eat meatloaf, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: The purse. Oh yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah. They
2: eat the act yeah. like they eat. And I would. I so who eats meatloaf at the table? I, I tried to rewind, but I didn't want to go too far. Like. Who actually takes a bite of meatloaf? Because I know like Rocky's mm. like guzzling them down, you know, like, <laughs> Ro- you know, Frankenfurter doesn't gonna put your pride in Janet eat meatloaf, because they don't really react to that harsh. They're just kind of like, eh, you know, it's a living, but I, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe, tw- you know, hit us on the Instagram with the loaf slice count. Don't they for, all take uh, a
3: bite? Or like, I mean, they, before they realize what's going on? I think, I think that would be fair to say, you know, maybe yeah, off camera, but. Or at least give it a try.
2: All right, hit us with that last one, Steaks. What we got well, we well, hold on, hold analysis. on. Do you
0: guys do you guys have any lyrics that you wanna that you want to talk about? No,
2: I only want to talk about yours.
3: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: Great. Wow. You're the lyric boy. You're the li- I'm just a
3: I'm just uh, a lyric. We're just 30 for 31. Yeah.
0: I don't quite have no I had like parts of others, but I don't think they're that uh entertaining. All
2: right, well all cumulatively. So I'll, I'll jump in. Talk about the time warp. Go, we got to talk about the time warp, right? Like, we, well, before wait.
1: before we get to time warp, I wanted to talk about science fiction double feature. Oh,
0: oh that's yeah. a great. That Opening is number, just, right.
2: That is like. Sorry to interrupt, Chris, because I usually no, interrupt go Jamie. It. That reads this feels new. I like. I know this. this is fresh. This late in the game. Ooh. But
1: should we kick Jamie out for the last <laughs> one?
2: Yeah, just me and Chris yelling. Inter- at me each and you other.
1: interrupting each other. I like this.
2: <laughs> it's a fight. <laughs> um, I think that that reads. If you read the lyrics of that, like. Quentin Tarantino's novelization of Once Upon, a time Upon- Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where it's just like, do you know how many people in Hollywood I know about in the 1950s and 60s? <laughs> like every single line of that is just thick with B-movie actor, B- B-movie reference, B- B-movie director. Like it's thick with, you know, referential, you know, drippings. So calling that. Yeah, I was
1: going to say, this is, this is the first time watching it and hearing that song. I think I got basically all of the references and so when they start coming in pretty rapid fire i was like oh i know that oh i know that one. i know that <laughs> like, was
2: the invisible man. <laughs>
1: yeah like from watching like forbidden planet and like the leo g Carroll was over a barrel when tarantula took to the hills i'm like oh. i get that <laughs> like i have i get some of these now and it's just like that's where our the, powers
2: you, and your powers can combine
0: andrew we i was bad. just gonna say yeah. i don't know what's what's uh Okay, what real quick like elevator pitch what is the Leo G. Carroll was over a barrel
1: so Leo G. Carroll is an actor in the movie Tarantula okay what is an actor can you go back <laughs> what is a tarantula what is a barrel <laughs> and I mean he, he is an actor who showed up in a bunch of I feel like some of the Hitchcock films did he not
2: Andrew, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he did. Yeah, sure, yeah. I'm just gonna say yeah, yes. Six, if I say yeah, yes, people six, will believe me. He
1: was in six six Hitchcock films, but like a British actor, and he's he's in the 1955 Tarantula with an exclamation, exclamation point, point film. Yeah. That's you know one of those forced perspective. They filmed a small tarantula and make it look gigantic. All the people are are reacting to it. One of those movies that it's was like on, a bad
2: version of them. yeah my grandparents
1: used to like rent those movies and put them on for me as a kid and i remember watching them and and just like eating them all up and loving how ridiculous they are (laughs) so it's it's funny to hear that song like a nice meatloaf yeah knowing some of those it's just a lot of basically the actor the main actor and the movies they're in
2: yeah and i think you get a lot of other references to like platonic ideal men throughout the movie, you know, like a bunch of strong men are referenced or just people that like, look like Greek gods, like Rocky, because that's kind of like, I think the through line is like the, you know, obvious, very surface level gay reading of the film is just kind of like this send up of like, what if we constructed a Herculean figure out of the, guys who played Hercules in the 50s, you know, like it's a B movie idea of what a perfect man should be kind of thing. <laughs> and, and I think that's probably Richard O'Brien's own kind of like musings and and own tastes. But that's why it kind of plays into itself pretty well, because it's like sending up to those things all the time while also addressing how it's about, you know, coming to terms with having those tastes in a time when that wasn't tasteful. Um, so it's all there. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind
1: of a yeah. It's it's definitely a takedown of Brad's character. He, he Brad could be all of these guys from these famous kind of B science fiction movies, and he's not going to save the day here. Yeah,
2: just like matinee idol mugs, you know. But yeah.
1: and I think this is the the first time watching it that I actually knew what Arkeo Pictures was. <laughs> like, it's, you know, I didn't. I, I wasn't ever paying attention to that. I loved seeing the, the radio tower with the lightning bolts and it they play the sound again. And I'm like, ooh, nice. Yeah, so the, the B
3: movie like heritage that the film is kind of making a commentary on and making fun of and sort of lovingly embracing in some sense is like in the DNA of this picture. Like like you said, like the RKO, I mean it shows up at the end, like there's a whole musical, like chorus line number and all these things. So it's um in terms of just like film history and you know, it knows its stuff. Yeah.
2: And I think like my one line that I kind of look to is just kind of saying like the specifics of this movie don't matter. Like it's just the, the send ups that we're doing and just kind of the vibe that it takes is like the lyric I would pick is see androids fighting Brad and Janet at the beginning. It's like, They don't really fight androids, but it's like they could, you know, because that's a (laughs) B-movie trope. And like, that's the whole point is like we put a bunch of things into this walk and kind of shook it up and said like, okay, you know, we've got our aliens, we've got our zombie people ish, you know, we've got our cannibals, we've got our mad doctors, you know, all this kind of stuff is there, but it's really just, let's play around in that, in that sandbox to quote Jamie's favorite term. And then, um, (laughs) you know, offer a little bit of perspective on, you know, finding yourself and coming to terms with your identity in that lens, because like we said, to relate to Halloween, like it's about shifted identities, seeing yourself in a different light, putting on a costume, and then maybe realizing like I'm more comfortable in the costume than I am in my street clothes, you know? So I like this movie obviously for the amount that I think a lot of young men in 1975 went to this on a lark and then liked The way that Tim Curry rocked those, you know, that leather. And it's like I think it's probably a celebrated movie and a little bit of like a eye opening movie for a lot of people like, oh, this is not only acceptable. I like it,
1: bro. If you don't skip leg day, you can pull those off. (laughs) Yeah, bro. And don't skip leg This day. is our toxic Show masculinity
2: off reading. Of- Show off those calves <laughs> yeah.
1: in the freaking fishnets, bro. You're going
2: to look like Rocky if you fucking try, bro.
3: If you had have back muscles like Rocky, you could deflect lasers,
2: you know? It's so true. Exactly. So true.
1: Exactly. Well, not enough protein. I think
2: we got a great watch for you on our-
1: <laughs> Wait, we got to go into Time Warp. I interrupted you. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I thought we were going to just do that warp,
2: later. Dude. Okay. Time Warp is- Honestly, if you're gonna have a wedding or something, you know, and you're gonna do a line dance, to bring bring out the fucking time warp. You know, I, I oh, think shit. that's. I that's,
1: am currently planning a wedding. Yeah, I, I and there I think it's a
2: horrible dance. Like it's objectively like a bad, uncomfortable dance, especially the pelvic thrust with your knees together. Like just hurts, <laughs> but it's so delightful, and it, it kicks this movie off. You know, in terms of let's open the door and do kind of this whip pan and like you know, uh, absolute doll, you know, not a dolly in, but just a zoom into the Transylvanians. Like, you know what you're getting now? Fuck the doors open, you know, come inside. So I think that's, that's definitely the, the most famous part of this movie for a reason, because it is the party at the center of this movie, I guess.
0: Another song where the lyrics are like, when you really read them, you're like, Oh, that's what that's about. It's like aliens coming down to earth. This is like the introduction I had no fucking It's idea. all there. <laughs> Later
2: in the third act, it's like you forget. Like, okay, yeah, we, we told you. We told you. you know? But like if
0: you went up to anybody and you're like, Do you know that time warp is actually about aliens? You, people would be like, You're what what are you talking about? First yeah. of all.
1: We're we're in direct conversation here with Come Sail Away. <laughs>
0: it's true. It's true. Move over, free. Semi charmed life,
3: you know? Oh, it's about drug addiction. I didn't know.
2: Yeah. Closing time is an anti abortion song. Yeah. <laughs> but read it up its a fact. anyway well we'll leave that to the lyric boys to uncover more but uh but yeah i think this one's been an absolute blast to have as our kind of party ending our kind of celebration of the pod if you will and tomorrow we have a special double episode i bet if you voted on your phones what kind of franchise we might be covering you'd have about a 97 percent chance of getting it right but <laughs> you know this this franchise is a very interesting inflection point right now we're very excited to dive in and uh Home alone. ladies and gentlemen <laughs> we're talking about transformers uh, <laughs>
1: more than meets the eye
2: and I think we just have to uh you know probably take it and double it we might just be doing a, a double long episode to really dive in and celebrate the holiest of holies tomorrow and like we said don't worry you'll you won't we, you won't be here in dead air on the first we might be coming back to you with a little uh bonus ep or two you know probably one about maybe so you know us reflecting on the list and and talk about what yeah. didn't make it and you know some people are crying over their favorites being excluded but hey you know i got some gripes as a curated thing so we're already getting and complaints and i got some gripes <laughs> so let's do this we'll be we'll be addressing and fighting to the death anybody who disagrees
1: future idea here let's get the aliens from rocky horror hanging out with the cenobites from the hellraiser universe they're both in the pleasure world kind of different ends of the spectrum here but i i would watch Hell that the check root, out some you know yeah some of those costumes he- i i want to see a combo pinhead frankenfurter
3: i'd say if i did the uh the puzzle and dr frankenfurter came out i'd be a lot happier than if pinhead came out yeah that would be a real treat you know
2: but i think we got to... you know know that Hulu's new Hellraiser could use a couple punch ups if we got some some sexy Tim Curry in there. So to end the podcast, I wanted to ask, have you ever played the greatest drinking game of all time? The Tim Curry Muppets Treasure Island drinking game.
0: <laughs> Whoa, what is Whoa. this?
2: This is what you do if you're literally looking to die. So the t- <laughs> Tim Curry me Muppets in. Treasure Island drinking game is as follows. When... Uh, Tim Curry shows up on screen in any shot. Take a full (laughs) shot of rum. (laughs) Oh, boy. He's in the movie a lot. So it's it's a movie or it's really a challenge of like who can do it the longest before passing out or having like an absolute alcoholic fit. So don't recommend it on this podcast. Maybe do it with a sip of beer. But it's my favorite idea for a drinking game. At least
3: I have a drinking game for tomorrow's pick that will also kill you.
2: (laughs) Okay, good. Good. It's every time, you know, somebody shows up on the screen, stab yourself and drink your own blood. <laughs> All right. Well, we are so excited to cap it off so much tomorrow. Jamie's going to be leading the attack, so we won't interrupt him. And uh, we appreciate you joining, Andrew. Please give us a quick promo for what the Lyric Boys are have offered and are offering soon for our listeners to hop ship and and listen to you instead.
0: Well, I will say, if you like the intellectual stimulation that this podcast provides, do not listen to the Lyric Boys. However, <laughs> Ouch. if you have uh if you enjoy uh two stupid people talking about things that are stupid, then listen to the Lyric Boys. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, Basically, it's a huge it's-
2: departure from three stupid people talking
0: about <laughs> stupid things. It's a podcast where uh, myself and my co-host, we take 10 lyrics from a band that... Lucian Flores, by the way. Lucian Flores. I wasn't going to name Don't give him that dick. Yeah, we don't give him that crap. (laughs) Don't fuck. (laughs) You You show up, you get Where is he? Where is he, huh? (laughs) So uh, we take 10 lyrics from a band that we really like, and we'll pick these lyrics that we find odd, or there's just something about them that makes us stop and think and we uh, will talk about them. It's not a podcast for very serious analysis. It is a podcast to just sort of like be goofy and laugh about lyrics that you've always wondered to yourself, what is he saying there? What does that mean? Uh, And it's it's bands that we love. We've done, we are all across the board, we've done like Red Hot Chili Peppers, we've done Lana Del Rey, uh, Taylor Swift, uh, Weezer, Um, Kendrick Lamar we're all over the place so you're diving
2: into Dr. Dog on the indie spectrum so we are I think the one thing I want to promote with you is you know you've done us the benefit of joining our podcast you've done us that favor I want to do like a March or April Monster Mash special episode (laughs) with with 31 for 31 just because it's a year long song there's nothing that's necessarily Halloween about the Monster Mash it's a banger 24-7 365 so
0: anytime you call oh, us yeah. we're here to match we should have done
3: thriller i want to do thriller next october hey, you can do that yourself i'm here for the mash baby
0: 100 down <laughs> whenever the, uh, you guys are ready i yeah I'm in.
3: i i've listened to lyric boys it's great i really like the weezer episode um everyone listening please give them a listen because it's a lot of
1: fun i like i like the you. recent take on Midwestern dads dealing with St. Vincent lyrics. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yes. Yeah. So we're,
0: yeah. St. Vincent is another one we both love and she has some really interesting lyrics when you, when you listen to them.
2: Well, good. Check out all those interesting lyrics with our interesting boys who are not too dumb, but just dumb enough. The lyric boys. So follow for follow, please check them out. But maybe just after you check out our last episode of our 31 episode playlist tomorrow bow, 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 to end it with that noise coming out too. on halloween it's yep. halloween listen to it in the october morning october 31st evening, night whatever you want to do while you're preparing for the holiest of holies we'd love to be in your ear holes
1: put it on at the bar you're at Plug your phone in and put it on <laughs> so everyone at the bar can hear. Interrupt
0: everyone to hear. at the bar by putting it on. If you're giving out candy, instead of candy, give out little slips with the URL, like the Spotify Ooh, link. Yeah. 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 Code. yeah, yeah. Instead of Kids playing, will love like, chain
2: noises and fog effect noises, just play this on a boombox. If you you know, next to the candy if you're not home, and people would be like, what is that fantastic sounding yeah. podcast? You know? And well that's how you market us on the last day of the pod.
3: <laughs> but anyway. Tomorrow's gonna rule. <laughs> Tomorrow's yeah. gonna rule. Uh the past three episodes have been all bangers. We had a House, we had Return of the Living Dead, we had this. That was the house party. And tomorrow is when we blow the doors off.
2: Horror comes home tomorrow. So look out for that. It's going to be slash And And uh, thank you so much for listening all month long. We got one more good one for you and a little debrief the day after. But uh, it's been a blast. And, you know, thanks for listening. And thank you,
3: Andrew, for
0: coming on board. Thank you for having me. This was super fun. I definitely want to do a Monster Mash theme podcast down the line. It's a graveyard smash.
2: So anytime <laughs>
1: we yeah. we should post there was a year I made a fake Spotify end of the year list and all of my songs were Monster <laughs> We'll put it on <laughs> social. And it's different. And we'll it's prove different it iterations. on social. But uh <laughs>
2: anyway, you've been a graveyard smash to have and uh you know, we'll be uh Wrapping this whole thing up tomorrow. So advent uh, the horror advent season is over. So we've we've loved having you on, listeners and Andrew. And we'll see you tomorrow. Yeah.
3: Don't blow out your jack o' lantern. Bye. happy Halloween.
2: Hallows Eve Eve today. Boom. Goodbye.
0: Goodbye. Peace out.